This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello. Scott and Cat. No, Jesus, we do so many different shows in a day. It's the Scott, it's the Scott and Cat podcast. <laughs> After nine. <laughs> Welcome to After Nine, everybody. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode. And uh, again, we have meetings today, so I don't know if we're going to get you a full episode, but we're going to cover as much as we can before we get dragged into another goddamn Zoom session. Uh, these ones are important, though. Look, these ones are. What I'm curious about is this is with a different set of, of management. And what I'm wondering is, do we actually start when the meeting is supposed to start? Or do we all jump on like the good soldiers that we are and, and then wait. have to sit around and wait five minutes for a few more people to join? That's what, what I'm not sure about, and that's what drives me cur- or drives me crazy. It's always that fun game of like who talks before before the meeting starts when the meeting's supposed to be starting. So, for example, okay, the meeting's supposed to start at 10 a.m. Let's say, right? And you're, everyone's supposed to be on the call at 10, but obviously, there's not everyone's there. So it's one of those we'll give everybody a couple minutes, and it's that awkward silence. Like I can't, and sure, I could step in and say something, and some people do, right? They'll step in and be like. So, Scott, uh, how was your holidays? Even though it was like a month ago. And just, to, just to try to talk. And break right? the silence. And break the silence. But honestly, most of the time, I'm just like, let me just see how long this awkward silence goes. <laughs> I, uh, it's I'm, a fun game. I am mic off, camera off until the actual meeting starts. And I just don't even pretend anymore that the meeting's going to start on time. I just assume that some time is going to get wasted there. Uh Kat, I, I read a weird article about you. Yeah. Like, are you. Did you all of a sudden turn on TikTok? Are you getting angry or are you still I'm in not good? Angry it, at all. What's okay, going on? Let me let me go back to last month. So I did the the interview rounds for being the voice of TikTok text to speech. When I revealed it, it was late October. Suddenly it was like November. Everyone wanted to talk to me and that was fine. So we did the interview thing. I the Canadian media was really important to me. And I do want to preface that by saying all the Canadian media, I absolutely did never said no to any of them. So we had, you know, I did the, the CD, CBC and the CTV and then the global was awesome. They came here and everything. Great. And then there's a lot more that I did too. Several in the U S especially, but especially in North America. Then there's some in Australia and stuff. I thought, sure, that's fine. So I said no to interviews after that. Uh, it was just before Christmas. I said, I've done my final interview, but there was one media outlet that was like, please, please, please. You know what? We understand you need a break. Can we just do this in January then? So I said, sure, fine. So January comes around and I do this interview with uh, (laughs) an affiliate of the UK Sun. It's called the US Sun. The US Sun. And they're in the UK. Is a UK publication. Correct. And then they do more stories that are very American. So you've got like the UK Sun that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of course, they're going to focus mostly on stuff that's happening there in the UK. That makes sense, very, right? Very popular paper. Yeah. And they've been known to, I mean, I don't know. It depends on who you ask. Ask Prince Harry. He's not a big fan, for example, right? 
Yeah, he doesn't like them at all. No. And, and certain media, because they're kind of tabloidy, kind of trashy. It, well, not it, to say the news is not necessarily true, but... Yeah, yeah. And so I had done so many interviews where it was like, great, and they'll send me the article after, like, this is the article, thanks so much. And it's, again, it's been a wonderful experience. But this made me laugh. I'm actually not even, I'm not angry about it. It just makes me laugh. I understand what clickbait is all about. And hell, I'll even admit at one point when we were publishing articles on a website... I understand how that works. You want to make that headline as flashy as possible so people click the link. Clicking links equals money. Yep. So I understand completely. So I had a great chat and it was, you know, it was over Zoom and a lot of the same questions. I've heard a couple of new ones, uh, but we had been chatting about um, AI at one point and asking me questions about AI and how I felt about it and what I saw in the future. And I, I to always preface that by saying, that's not what I do. <laughs> I'm not on the technical end of it. And I make that perfectly clear. I'm a voiceover artist, but I've done a lot of different things when it comes to um, AI work and obviously text-to-speech, as you guys know. But I've done a lot of things like that. Phone lines have been one of those things we've done for a long, long time, but we've taken it to the next level, right? We all know that. So I spoke on that and just said, how cool would it be, you know, if our voices became that instead? So you record your own voice into your own device when you text someone. And again, I'm just spitballing, like shooting the shit. Hey, this would be cool if we could do this. So that kind of thing also was asked about my voice. And I actually have had, had this question during this media circus I went through last year. And it's a great question. And I think that even in being in radio before that, I was asked the question, are you afraid of losing your voice? Would that suck? What would happen if you lost your voice? So of course, like anyone else who uses their voice for work, which by the way, isn't just voice actors or radio people. It's a lot of people use their voice for work. So that's kind of considered their moneymaker. So of course it scares me to get sick. I don't want to get sick anyway, regardless of whether I lose my voice or not, right? All these questions were asked and haha, it was a great time, fun. So I get the article sent to me. First headline, there's two articles. Are you ready for this? Yes. First article. Don't speak. I'm the voice of TikTok. I'm desperately trying to ensure my vocals, and I'm terrified of getting sick. <laughs> okay, so that's a very misleading headline, but you don't want to get sick, so I guess that's not untrue, but I mean, they wrote that to be clickbait. They made it seem like you're very menacing against cold and flu season and and desperately trying to buy an insurance policy for your throat. And in all fairness, I absolutely, in the interview, joked around about, yeah, if you're sick, stay away from me. This is my moneymaker. Ha ha. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I would say that, but it was like desperately seeking to insure. We did talk about voice insurance and I said, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm in the process of looking at. So all of that, okay, fine. But it made me laugh, like desperately trying to insure vocals. Second headline, speak up. I'm the voice of TikTok. People think I'm a robot, <laughs> but I have my own ideas about creepy AI takeover. What, what, what ideas do you have about a creepy AI takeover? <laughs> creepy and takeover were definitely two words I didn't use. Definitely two words I didn't use. So again, you know what? I don't even hate on them because in the article, when it came to quoting me, they quoted me correctly. They didn't say anything about me saying creepy or takeover. That's just the headline. So I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that they thought this would be the best way to do it. And people will assume that the voice of TikTok will know about creepy AI takeovers, which I don't. So uh, it, it just made me laugh. And I thought this is one of the reasons why, you know, so if, when I get asked again and I just had one publication actually just ask me, hey, do you want to come on with us? I said, no, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm done, done. I'm, I'm finished. Um, it's all good, though. It, it's kind of interesting, though, to get that that inside perspective 
because I used to, you know, we used to publish articles all the time. That's kind of one of the things we do. We have a lot of friends who publish articles. And I, again, I understand the clickbait thing. I get it. Clicks equals money. But taking certain things a slightly out of context is not really my cup of tea. Okay. But this is a great example of how you can't form an opinion on a story just on the headline. Yes. Good lesson, right? So many people will read that headline and think, wow, that TikTok girl, what a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> no, she's not being a bitch feverishly trying to ensure her voice. Yeah, like deep, that's exactly what I had um, someone re- that commented on it because I posted this on my Facebook because my Facebook are people that like know me from previous to TikTok mostly. So one of them commented like they're trying to make you out to be a diva, which you're actually the opposite of. That's exactly right. I mean, you're not a diva, but the way that article reads, well, actually the article itself isn't that bad. It's the headline. It's that's a misleading. headline. That's all it is. It's the headline, the little blurbs leading up to the article. And there's so many headlines floating around out there and people will read the headline and think they've got the gist of the story or they'll think, oh, I knew that already and just move on. No, you've actually got to read the content and and then you'll learn a lot more than you knew Mm. before you did. Mm -hmm. I am glad that you are aware of this and I'm glad that you're clearing it up on the record right here on After 9. I know of no creepy AI takeovers. If you did, would you Again, tell me? Again, that I know of, <laughs> that I'm get, able to say. Would you? Yeah, there it is. But I would stay away from, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> You'd give me a there. heads up, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. That's good. Uh, yesterday, the premier came out and he answered some questions about the new health care plan. It seems very confusing to some people. So Doug, in his own words, is going to explain a little bit about why we're doing this with health care in Ontario. Thanks. Uh, surgeons are telling me that uh, there's, there's a lot of operating time available within the current hospital system, usually evenings and weekends. Why not take all this money that you're investing in this program and why not put it into the hospital system? Well, again, I, I don't think it's either or. We're investing another $300 million. I've never directed the hospitals. I never will direct the CEOs of the hospitals. I think they do a fine job. They know their budgets. But this, this will add additional capacity. You know, if we, we all know, you know, if we just leave the status quo and just leave it the way it is, you'll be talking to me next year and we'll still be at 206,000 backlog surgeries. We, we want to help uh, the people out there that uh, need a hip replacement, knee replacement. It will change their lives. They'll be able to be mobile again. And not just that, foot surgeries too. Cataracts, MRIs. How many times have you heard your friends, family members going into a hospital an MRI at 2 o'clock in the morning, at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, because that's the capacity they have. And by the way, we have uh, approximately about 900 of them across the province is being done now. We just want to expand on the existing uh, 900 that uh, provide the care. First off, he sounds like he is dead sick or tired or something. Do you think he's done with with these news conferences? Because he is not the fired up Doug ready to go anymore. That was very subdued. Oh, yeah. I didn't really notice that until you said it. Um, Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe he is. (laughs) It's... um It's a reasonable explanation. I mean, hey, do we have extra capacity? They say we do, but every time we go through COVID or something else or RSV and the kids or whatever, Mm -hmm. we end up closing down these elective surgeries. And this is meant to make sure that we don't have to do that anymore. And I'm actually kind of glad we're taking a step forward. But wow, was that ever a polarizing debate yesterday? And no doubt it's going to continue. One thing I learned this morning is... Number one, the Ontario Hospital Association fully supports this, and a lot of hospitals are already doing it. 
mm-hmm. hospitals that are referring people out to like TLC laser eye center to get cataract surgery because they don't have the capacity in their hospital. And that's exactly what Doug is saying. We're just going to do more of in the future. Yeah, I like that. And why not? As long as the, the proper professionals and that they will be uh, are, are doing it that are supposed to be doing it, then I don't think it matters. You know, you have all the right things there for you. That's great. You ever remember uh, news conferences with Opsu when the uh, President Smokey Thomas would come out? Do you remember that guy? I don't really remember. I feel like I recognize the name. Yes, I don't remember him. <laughs> we, uh, we've heard a few stories lately about some of the top union bosses. Now a union. And I'm wondering how you feel if you're a member of this union. The Ontario Public Service Employees Union is Opsu. If you're a member, you get a lot of money taken off your check every time you get one that goes to your union dues. Now the union is suing three of their own former executives alleging major financial improprieties. Uh, Among them, former president Warren Smokey Thomas, the first VP and the financial services administrator. The union did a forensic audit and they say they uncovered evidence that Thomas and Almeida put themselves or paid themselves significant compensation that they weren't entitled to, paid out strike fund cash to themselves. Whoa, whoa, whoa and even transferred union vehicles into their own or into their family members' names. And wait what? a minute, how long ago was it that they did this? Allegedly uh, or whatever? I guess it's been going on for a while. The union is claiming nearly $6 million was unlawfully transferred to former president Warren Smokey Thomas, the first vice president, Eduardo Al- Almeida, and former financial services administrator, Maurice Gabet. Aren't there people like looking into this that should know? I mean, again, I don't know when exactly it happened or when it first started to happen, but I always figured that this would be something that would be looked at. Regardless of what position you're in, there's got to be someone else that looks into what you're doing financially. You well, would think, like, to just to make sure that everyone's being responsible, even if it is your job. It's an interesting question. Who supervises the boss? Well, that's the thing. Because the boss isn't the owner in this case. The members of the union are the owners, and they're the ones who pay this money. And and I mean, yeah, you would figure this is probably, hopefully, a one-off where nobody would want to get caught doing something like this, so hardly anyone would do it. But obviously, we have a case where that potentially is happening. You should have someone supervising the supervisor in a weird way. Almost an ombudsman of sorts, right, who just deals with the financials and that's what they deal with and they check on in on you at any point in time and question you on something i think that should be the case for all those government officials that do have access to large amounts of money i think that that's important and i'm shocked we don't have that yeah it's uh how did they think they were going to get away with that we're not talking about a hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks it was six million yeah Six million dollars. That's, that's, that's what I mean. Like over how many years? I'm curious, you know? Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you though, for anybody that had those union dues taken off their check, I mean, it sucks getting any deduction beyond the statutory ones taken off your check. That's a tangible amount of money that you guys may be out if this proves to be true, because it is just an allegation at this point. Uh, I have a feeling those members are going to be quite angry. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to play something for you, Kat. It's a TikTok video. I believe you're familiar with the platform. <laughs> the one taking over? <laughs> with all their crazy AI. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a video that's actually getting a little bit of traction, and that's why we're going to play it. It's a weird theory from someone who says, no more should you give two weeks notice when you quit your job. Here's him explaining. This new generation of workers, right, they are realizing that two-week notices are useless because a two-week notice is so a job can get prepared to replace you, right? It's a respect thing. However, a job can fire you at any point in time. Why would you respect a company who doesn't even see you as a person? They just see you as a replaceable asset. So that's the gist of, of what this person says The young, some of the young generation has been doing because that's how they see it. Because some employers, he said, would just fire you on the spot and not think twice about it. By the way, not every company would mm-hmm. do that. In case you haven't noticed, and I don't know who this fucking guy is, but in case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of companies that are begging to get people to come and work there. Side note, this is nothing new that some people quit without giving two-week notices. Ghosting companies completely has been a thing for a long time. In industries that I've worked in, previous to being in radio, I saw it all the time. We hire someone new and on their first day, they don't even show up. Or we hire someone new. Their first day, they're there. They decide they don't like it. They just never come back again. So it's not like this is something new. And that's why I don't like them just saying, Gen Z believes, fuck the two-week notice. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do see people taking a look at it, maybe based on what they're doing and say, hey, it's not worth me putting in two weeks because I've only been here two days. The company itself might be like, it's not worth training you. Hell, it happened to me when I was working, uh, when I went back to get a job, it was in college right before I got the job at 91.5 The Beat in promotions. Okay. I had started at a restaurant. Actually, it was the Moose right next door. Great spot. So I started at the Moose because a friend of mine worked there and she got me in. One day is all I did before I found out I got an interview with The Beat and was probably going to get the job. So I decided not to come in anymore, but it wasn't one of those situations. I actually talked to the manager and I said, here's the deal. I got a job. And the manager said, it's going to cost me more money keeping you here trying to train you for anything than it would you just going. Would you like to just go? So that was like a mutual thing, a little bit different. That's fair, though. That's fair, because she's absolutely right. I would have had someone training me. What's the purpose? You know, what's the purpose of me being here? There's none. If I know that I'm going to be gone, why would you train me any further? Certain little things. So I I don't think it's a black and white thing where either, yes, you do it or not. But I got to say, Scott, growing for me, like how I was raised... I seriously thought it was like illegal to not give two weeks. Like I remember like against the law. I remember oh, yeah. freaking hating <laughs> jobs. And my dad was like, you give to you give a notice. You're not not giving a notice. You're going to show up there for the next two weeks. Put in your time. Leave when you're supposed to leave. Do a good job while you're there, even though you're probably going to get another job right away. They, they might want you to start soon. No, you finish that job up. And I just thought it like literally I could get like sued or something. Like I didn't know. I'm like, okay, dad. Yeah, fine. Um, because they needed time to replace me. I, but again, I don't think that it's 
apples to apples everywhere you go. But you got to be careful. Like overall, though, absolutely put in two weeks because that's the respectable thing to do. It's only 20 seconds. Let's just play a little bit of this video again. This new generation of workers, right, they are realizing that two-week notices are useless. This new generation of workers. Do you know how often I hear about this new generation of workers? It seems to be all the talk these days, and I'm not hearing very flattering things. I'm hearing things like they don't like to give two weeks notice. I'm hearing things like they don't like to do anything outside the scope of their actual job. The quiet I, quitting that went viral too, right? That's right. Like yeah. it, everything I'm hearing about this quote unquote new generation of workers is not very flattering. Now, the way he's spinning this, you're about to hear it. He makes it seem like all employers don't value employees. Listen. Because a two-week notice is so a job can get prepared to replace you, right? It's a respect thing. However, a job can fire you at any point in time. Why would you respect a company who doesn't even see you as a person? They just see you as a replaceable asset. This new gen- Give me a break. Which is funny, because why would you get fired? You would get fired because you did something wrong or because you yes. were- Yes, there's reason for it. No one's firing people for no bloody reason. Nobody's doing that. In the vast majority of industries, they're not. You're absolutely right. Unless it's like a one-off and that's when no one's watching them. You know what I mean? This is not going to be a company where it gets gets looked at. Large companies, for example, and I like to just go into like retail or those first jobs that we have. Let's just use that as an example, right? So for some people that might be um, a starter job might be fast food, for example, Uh, And I feel for those managers, by the way. I feel for the managers of the fast food places because I feel like some people treat it like, why do I need to give two weeks notice? It's fine. It's it's only McDonald's. Who gives a shit? It's a part-time job. Why does it matter? You know what? It does matter because they took the time to hire you into that position. They took the time to potentially train you in that position. So give them a little bit of respect and courtesy in giving those two weeks. And I learned actually today earlier when we were talking about this, that people do talk between in those industries. So, for example, if I'm working at Mick, I'll just use the two biggest chains just because it's easier. But if I'm working at McDonald's and I see, you know, Janine Smith has put in her resume here and I see that she has worked at Tim Hortons and it didn't last long. Yeah, that person's probably going to call the Tim Hortons and be like, what's up with Janine Smith and why does she not last very long there? You know, all those things do matter um, unless you completely omit that information that you worked at those places. I don't know. But I do feel bad, especially in those industries, because people treat it like it's a revolving door when there's actual people in there that want to build their careers, that have great stories about starting off how they, how they learned a responsibility at those places and actually did take the time to train and do a good job at it and make good money there because they cared. And there's some people who just don't care. So I'm wondering if it's those positions or if we are talking about getting into the corporate world. Like, that couldn't be the case. Like, tell me, for the love of all that's holy, that these aren't young people in a position, in an industry they'd love a career in. Like, they want to make it to be the, whatever it might be, a manager of some kind at a corporation, at a law firm. Mm-hmm. So they start off this job, and they're working reception at the law firm. And then they're, they seriously fuck off without giving two weeks notice, but still hope to work in that industry? Like, tell me that's not the case. And if so... Who's who's your parent and who taught you that shit? Right. How were you raised? This uh, this is a very false premise what this guy's putting out there because the way he's making it sound is just because they can get rid of you or they can get rid of you with no notice. So you shouldn't have to give them two weeks notice when you decide you're done. That's wrong. Most companies will 
take care of their employees. And as long as you aren't a complete mm-hmm. screw up, as long as you are a, a someone who's actually able to do the job and halfway decent, reliable, they're probably going to keep you because there's such a worker shortage yeah. in so many different industries. That and there's a paper trail and they know that there's something called the Better Business Bureau. There's people that are always watching them. So they're not going to do anything stupid, like randomly fire a bunch of people who are perfectly suited for the position and doing a good job. That doesn't happen. That if that happens, it's one in like a million that that actually happens. The other thing I want to add, though, when it comes to videos like this, when we talk about quiet quitting and everything else. Now, quiet quitting, I actually believe to be a thing. And I don't just believe it to be a Gen Z thing at all. No, I think not that at all. There's a lot of old people who are at the end of the road in their industry that are quiet quitting in a way that are like, fuck it. I don't want to move my way. Up. I just talked to someone the other day who's in that position. Hmm. Been an engineer for many years. And is at the end of his rope. So he doesn't give a shit. So he's, it's 5 p.m. for example, he's done. He's not checking his email. He's put in his time. He doesn't want to move his way up the ladder. He's finished. So I don't want to, I hate that people harp on the younger generation for this because I don't think it's the thing. Agreed. But the other thing that I would add to that is, is this actually something that's happening a lot? Or is this a couple of people say it? So now all of a sudden it's the, this generation of workers that's doing it. Okay, there might be one of 10 that do something like this. It doesn't mean, and this is a trend, and all of Gen Z gets together and decides, no more two-week notices, guys, right? Yeah, that's not the case. No, but this guy is trying to normalize it, and he's trying to give you an out if you decide you don't want to give notice and trying to make it seem like it's okay. I personally am on the same page as you here, Kat. I was raised that you always have to give two weeks notice. It doesn't matter how much you like or dislike the job. As long as you're not in a dangerous situation or they're not like grossly disrespecting you or whatever it is, completely taking advantage of you, then yeah, you go in, you do your job, you do it well. And after your two weeks, you hold your head high and walk out the front door. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to burn any bridges. And I really think you're burning bridges when you start doing stuff like quitting with no notice. Yeah, I really, I agree with you. So I would never, ever in a million years... I mean, now raising kids, tell them at any point, is that okay? I'd sit down and be like, why do you want to leave the job? There's got to, there's proper reasons why you're leaving. And you might, you might need those references one day. I, again, I don't think it's a thing that's actually like happening. What is this guy's background even? Is he just saying based on his own experiences and what he's seeing? You know, like we don't even know what the case is there. If you read the comments on the hashtag, it's like he lit a light bulb above a lot of people's heads. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag no two weeks or no two weeks notice. There's a lot of disgruntled people out there that would absolutely do that. I understand. But I would would absolutely tell those people as well, watch what you do, you know? I guess I forgot to mute my computer, but there's time. Gotta go, everybody. We'll have another full-length episode tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourselves a fantastic one. And... Big announcements coming soon. Uh, That's what the meeting's about. Gotta go. Bye. Johnson & Johnson has recently scaled back production on their COVID vaccine. It's like Hooters saying that they're taking kale chips off the menu. <laughs> After the FAA last week temporarily grounded all domestic flight departures due to a computer outage, it's been reported that the software responsible is years away from a potential update. Really? Because I feel like if you just put Apple in charge, they'll update it every three months. <laughs> Hey guys, I heard that uh, LG is recalling their 86-inch smart TVs because they could tip over and trap people. (laughs) Trap? (laughs) You know the LG people went on thesaurus.com like, what's a better word than crush? (laughs) Trap. Lottery officials have announced that the Mega Millions $1.35 billion jackpot was won by a single ticket holder in Maine. And if you're wondering what they're going to buy with that, 
Maine. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.